Hi, my name is Soraya. And I'm Yasmin, and this is the Soz Not Soz Pod. Where two unapologetic sisters dismantling mental health stigma. One conversation at a time. Well, this is our first episode, Yazzie. I know. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm super excited, but I also sort of don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it took like, you know, about five attempts just to do the goddamn intro. Because I couldn't say my name properly. <laughs> She she was Ron Burgundy. It. Ron Burg- it's like her, she was questioning what her name was. It was hilarious. The funny thing is, is because obviously because of ISO, we're doing this podcast over video and I'm 99% sure that there's going to be a recording of how red my face is right now from laughing so much at myself. A beetroot would be jealous how red you are. <laughs> Oh man, well, let's talk about it. The Soz Not Soz pod. Essentially, we decided to start this podcast because we're two people that have um, struggled at one time or another with mental health, mental illness. We struggling one time or another. We're still struggling with it. It's an ongoing battle, Yazzie. Well, that is true. That is the whole point of this podcast because we want to sort of talk about how normal it is for you to not be okay all the time. And we just want to encourage people to stop being sorry for struggling. Stop being sorry for being sad. Stop being sorry for being you. Um, And that's why this is the Soz Not Soz podcast. We're not sorry anymore. These are our lives. Not to quote days of our lives, but these are our (laughs) lives every single day. We have good days. We have bad days. We have good moments. We have bad moments. It is the human condition. It's what we've been put on earth to do. We've been put on earth to feel Um, and to live our lives and we shouldn't stop ourselves from living our lives just because the world's telling us that we're not allowed to be sad and also like with the whole stigma side of this conversation Mm, yes because this episode is about mental health stigma oh well just in general like this whole podcast is just to take away that stigma because I feel like if the stigma is less on mental health and we discuss it more I feel like the issue surrounding mental health would probably not diminish because you know people will always suffer from mental health that's always going to be an issue but at least it will allow for healing as well as yeah you know I've felt shamed in the past for my mental health so this is to sort of stop that and you know we're not trained psychologists or medical professionals we're just two sisters who have dealt with and are dealing with mental health issues and yeah like Yasmin said we're over people you know or like we're just over being sorry about it and we just want to live our lives free and you know let people know yes we suffer from mental health but you know what um it's something that we deal with on a daily basis and that we're going to have some good days and some bad days and that's it and essentially like our mental health doesn't define us as a uh a decent person or a, a non-decent person, indecent person, I should say. Mental health is a part of our society and we can't, we can't not embrace it anymore. And embracing it doesn't mean romanticising it. It doesn't mean um, making it out to be this beautiful, wonderful journey because it's, it's, it's not that 100% of the time. No, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle. Like, it's a battle daily. Like, I battle with my mental health issues on a daily, daily basis. And there's things that trigger me every single day. And 
the one thing I want to have stop is joking about triggering because yeah, there are definitely. things that are going to trigger us. So just to start off, we just want to warn you guys, because we're going to be talking about as an intro to this um, podcast about our own personal experience. This is a trigger warning. We are going to be lightly discussing uh, sexual assault and um, domestic violence as well as suicide too. So um, if that's something that you can't handle, just want to let you know, thank you for just taking this time just to hear us. But if you're going to continue on with us, you know, just let you know that those are the sort of things that we're going to be discussing because it's stuff that Yasmin and I have both experienced. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Yas, do you want to start us off with telling us about your experience with mental health? Yeah, of course. Um, I think I had my first sort of traumatic experience that sort of opened me up to um, mental health and seeking professional support when I was 16. Um, and I ended up having a stalker, which sort of led to a, um, a restraining order and then police appointed counselling sessions. Um, but more recently and more prevalently, I uh, sort of got into a, not sort of, I definitely got into an abusive relationship when I was 21. Um, this was a relationship that was uh, emotionally, um, financially, and then later physically abusive, which led to my trauma-related anxiety. Um, it's not something that I, you know, really, really struggle with. The anxiety at the moment, luckily, is not debilitating. Um, and I really attribute that to a year and a half worth of um, psychology support. So, yeah. Very nice. What about you? Oh, well, you know, for me, depression and anxiety is a constant struggle. My depression is definitely worse than my anxiety, uh, although my anxiety is quite bad. But my depression and anxiety uh, is pretty much a product of my sexual assault when I was 11 years old. Uh, so pretty much because I blamed myself because of the factors that happened during that time, I blamed myself for what happened to me. So subsequently that has affected me depression wise because I am a severe perfectionist and not perfectionist. Yeah. Like when, you know, you go to, um, an interview and they're like, oh, so what's your like, what's, <laughs> what's one of your like weaknesses? And you kind of go, oh, I'm a, like a real perfectionist. No, mine Which is, is like, a good thing ever. <laughs> no, my form of perfectionism is the fact that I can never ever do anything because I'm so scared of screwing up that I need to know all the variables. I'm not someone that deals with mistakes or yeah. um, mistakes or bumps in the road, I will have meltdowns. That's yeah. how I am. That's where my anxiety peaks at that time. And the depression hits when I feel so terrible about myself, about the stuff. And I'm very hard on myself. Yeah, you and are too hard on yourself. Yeah. And people can like say anything about me. I could not care less because I will always say something worse about myself. And that's something that I've been working on for the last like two years going to, you know, psychologists as well. But this is something that I've been battling with since I was 11 and it's going to take a long time. And I have had, you know, 
I still battle with, you know, having suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's something that I will probably always deal with, but hopefully my depression won't overcome me. And it's something that has yeah. always terrified me. And the thing is, I think I would probably feel less, I don't know. I think I might get better if the stigma around that form of mental health, which like yeah. a lot of people, the stigma that I experience sometimes is that when I tell people that I have been suicidal, because I say it so yeah. matter of factly, they don't believe it. And they look at me like, you know, I'm trying to get attention and that's not it. Yeah. So I that's, think, I think like, sorry. Yazzie, you're pretty lucky that you got like, you know, you're four years younger than me. And even though there was some stigma of you growing up around mental health, it was a lot worse when I was going raised up and growing up. I don't know. I haven't really seen that much of a change in terms of, um, in our community. Like you see it on Instagram a lot, like it's okay not to be okay, which is a great campaign. I love the, um, the are you okay Mm. day campaign and the it's okay not to be okay. Um, slogan, but I just feel like as a society, we're still, terrified and dismissive and just actively Mm. ignorant about mental health that that stigma I don't think it's ever changed I just think it's been communicated differently over time yeah um but yeah I I mean would you yeah I was just uh would you say that you know stigma stopped you from getting help when you felt like you most needed it Mm, I don't think so because stigma wasn't really the issue with me. Like the main issue was, is that I didn't think I deserved it. And a lot of the times I don't, a lot of the times I have bad issues with self-sabotaging and stuff. That's something that I've always, always dealt with and I'm still fighting with. So, you know, today was a good day today, but I do, yeah, but I do have like my ebbs and flows and there's some days where I don't want to leave the house and I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to yeah. be left alone. So my mental health journey is a, is a long and winding one. And I know it's something that I'm probably going to have to deal with the rest of my life. But at the same time too, it's I'm just learning on how to deal with it and how to live with it and not feel ashamed about it. And yeah. that's why I think this conversation is really good because I think that's going to be one way to help me sort of, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just obviously, like we said at the start, we're not, you know, we're not psychologists, we're not experts. Mm-hmm. So in preparing for the podcast in preparing for opening up this conversation, um, you know, I did, I did a lot of research and I think that, you know, although I've worked through my trauma from, or at least I'd like to think that I've worked through my trauma from that uh, one particular um, relationship, I definitely feel really empowered almost like you know the information is helping me work through maybe trauma I didn't realize I still held mm-hmm. um because in, in, in doing the research I'm looking at um other people's experiences I'm looking at statistics and I'm thinking you know what yes yes absolutely I resonate with that absolutely I believe that I think definitely this podcast is going to help the two of us. And hopefully I would love to think that it's going to help people in our community as well, because the fact of the matter is, I think stigma 
stems from the fact, stigma around mental health stems from the fact that this is an uncomfortable situation. It's an uncomfortable conversation to have. I mean, think about not too long ago, you know, up until I guess the 60s, the 70s, when, you know, housewives who were sick and tired of being at home, they were depressed, they were anxious because they didn't have any creative outlet. They were just told what to do, how to live their life. They had no control you know, were sent to mental institutions or, you know, sent to receive electric shock treatment. And I think, you know, this, that wasn't that long ago. No. I and, think- like, and, and the thing is like a lot of those like really terrible sort of asylums, they yeah. were only closed down. Some of them were only closed down like in the nineties, like some of them were still exactly. doing electroshock therapy and stuff like that well into the nineties. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. I think also as well as like, we live in this like, like well, like in the in the in the fifties and sixties, like I think you know the nuclear family and the, yeah. you know, perfect like the perfect role of the wife, like you know her place is in the kitchen or all this sort of stuff. Um, so if anyone was out of that norm, they were just sent to the asylum. So I think there's still yeah. like this sort of this sort of the idea that if you do not fit into what is normal, um, yeah. and yeah, normal is a construct. It's not reality. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's whatever society thinks is normal at the time. And I think at the, what it is, is like everyone, we live in a social media world where everyone edits their, their life pretty much. You don't, you see a highlight reel of someone's life. You don't see all the bad stuff that goes into it because that's not what people do. Because if you, because stigma, uh, if you Mm -hmm. do that, Mm -hmm you get called attention seeking. Yeah. Um, you get called whining because yeah. you are sharing negative experiences. Like, yeah. l- for example, like I understand like Karens are a thing, like Karens are a yes. negative thing. Right. But in terms of like, if you make any form of like complaint on the internet, you are immediately called a Karen and it might be stuff that's actually serious and not something to just brush off but yeah because we're meant yeah, to be definitely. so yeah because we're meant to be so perfect in this perfect like instagram society yeah like you know I think something that i like yeah something that that's all that whole labeling as a karen thing like out of nowhere really brings to home to me i mean we're we're half latino yeah so I mean, I don't know about you, but I follow like a lot of Hispanic meme pages on the internet. And one thing I always find is like, particularly recently, like with, with that interview that occurred, that was aired with Will Smith and Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith. Sorry. I should oh say. my God. That, oh, yeah. 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 And there's, 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 there's something that's been prevalent in the Latino community, the Hispanic community, this like, this notion of like oh quiero llorar quiero llorar which means like oh they want to cry they want to cry and you know it's something that's been I think a, a cultural joke for many many years making fun of people for having emotions for crying for being upset and it was something that I found even today being applied to memes of Will Smith crying I mean oh this, man this and like man. it makes me I like honestly that that conversation and the fact that people have turned that into a joke because it was an uncomfortable conversation 
and yeah. it was an honest conversation between a married couple who have dealt with separation and them dating other people and stuff like that and it does happen in real real life so imagine if that happened like someone who is already experiencing that watching that do you think they're going to share their experience or try to work through their experience because it's treated like a joke and I think like with the like Yasmin us being Latina and stuff I think the problem is in our in that society I don't think so much in the Hispanic side as Hispanic side is not really I have never really seen that or experienced that I have I have to say that I say Hispanic as a whole mainly because I want to encompass it's like you know it's Spanish (laughs) Um, Spanish Spanish and Latin American as a whole but if you if you believe I mean if if you if 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 you're correcting me and saying that the Spanish side doesn't I don't, count. I don't, 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 I making a meme out of him like control your wife or you know him crying like a man doesn't cry it's like no no no. this is why suicide in males is higher than females bad man i've got i looked up some statistics today when i was doing um my research and you know so if we're talking about statistics surrounding suicide i mean in australia eight australians will take their life every single day Mm. Um, 75% of those people are male identifying. Yeah. And I'm, not, and I'm not that. surprised about that because males, there's a stigma that like males are meant to be strong and they're not meant to be emotional yeah. and they're not meant yeah. to talk about their problems. They're meant to be, if you talk about your problems and you're not strong and you're not a man. And that to me is such BS. Like I really Definitely. like, um, who plays Raphael in uh, Jane the Virgin? Oh, um, oh my God, he's beautiful and I love him so much. And <laughs> his name has escaped me. I'm going to do a quick Google, okay? Oh, his Instagram page is wonderful and there's uplifting. Because the thing that I really like about him is the fact that he is going like, it's, it's manly to be vulnerable. Justin Baldoni. Oh, Justin Baldoni. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Justin Baldoni. If you're listening to this, Justin Baldoni, we love you. We see you. We see the work that you're doing to, you know, blast the patriarchy into absolute pieces and to show us that men are allowed to be vulnerable. Thank you. You're Yeah. And, you know, talk about mental health and talk about emotions and it's okay to do so because... I like that's the whole thing that you know I was discussing earlier in the introduction like the whole point of us doing this is hopefully with stigma it will help us heal or help us be okay with living with mental illness because if you keep it secret it affects you more you feel ashamed of it and that's probably why male suicides higher because men are meant to feel are like made to feel ashamed yeah for being like mentally unhealthy like you know if they're crying or emotional or vulnerable like yeah and that's to me is is screwed up like 
I mean, like, you know, when we're babies, we all cry. Mm. When is it, when is it, when does it get to the point where, (laughs) this is such a dumb analogy, but you get it. Like, when we're babies, we cry because we're hungry, because we can't communicate or whatever. When do we get to the point where we turn to the boys and say, what are you doing? You're not allowed to cry. Yeah. I don't even know when that point is because I've never, like, obviously, like, we, well, and, you know, I can't really, but, like, you know, we we didn't have brothers, so we've never seen that. And I don't think mum and dad would have done that anyway because they're just not that type of people. No. Um, You know, I just think, definitely think that, you know, when it comes to male suicide rates, toxic masculinity is a huge factor and it's something mm. I really want to do a full episode about because it's just, it's, it's a lot. And when we're talking about like toxic masculinity, that's not man hating. That's just, you know, a reality and like not all men are toxic. It's just that no. it's just it's this whole, idea. Yeah. The, 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 the idea that men have to be men, they have to be, you know, the ones that bring the bacon home and they have to have muscles and they have to be strong, both emotionally, physically, and don't show any, any, any emotion whatsoever. That's toxic. Mm. That's what's toxic about masculinity. The fact that masculinity cannot be fluid. It cannot be feeling. It, it, it has to be point A and point B. Yeah. And not in between. And, you know, there's like talking about you know being perfect and you know only showing your perfect life one of the most recent and perfect example of people not accepting someone's mental health issues and treating it as a joke is Kanye West poor thing man like this is someone who has been open and the family have been open about his journey with bipolar disorder Mm. and you know I mean, this actually resonates with me, a conversation I had with our mother recently Mm. where she was like, but those Kardashians, they just make a whole spectacle out of everything. They're probably just using Kim. And I was like, no, mum, Kim Kardashian, not that I'm a Kardashian person, but you know, I like to know what's going on in the world. Um, Kim Kardashian actually took to her social media and was like, we, we support Kanye. We love Kanye. We are aware of his struggles with bipolar disorder and we ask for your respect and it's and just no, not and no, and no one did it everyone's still and treating no it like it. a joke the dude is having obviously having a mental breakdown in or po- a, a, and like, episode related to yeah. his bipolar disorder and, and, I, yeah. and i and i think it's just like okay this this person like kanye like i'm like obviously i'm not a the biggest fan of kanye's work like it's just not my yeah, you know, but I like I love some of some of his songs, you know, but he's not someone that I actively listen to. But you can't deny that the guy has major talent. So what are people Absolutely. like regular people like you and me who aren't famous, who don't have all that power and money, what are we meant to think about sharing about our mental health issues when someone like that with so much money, so much power, so much talent and so much love yeah. in the community? is dragged through the dirt because of their mental health. I think to go on the other side of the coin on that one is that, you know, something that I think is inherent in stigma is that they'll see someone like Kanye West who has a lot of money, has a lot of influence, has a lot of talent, is very loved, um, has a lot of, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for, services available to him. He's, you know, the whole world is accessible to a man like Kanye West. Mm. They look at him and think, what is he struggling for? Yeah. What's he got to be worried about? And that's just not the, the, the case. I mean, like, Again, going back to Will Smith, this is a powerful man. He, he's a powerhouse of a human being. Mm. And he's crying on the internet. And I think, I think, you know, that to me was so powerful because it's someone showing to me personally that they are like us. It's, it's, it's humanising them. It's, it's showing us that they feel, they hurt, they have life experiences that are wonderful and terrible and I think all this treating it like it's a spectacle treating it like it's a joke completely diminishes the fact that they're human beings but the problem is Yazi is that they're being set set up in this society as gods that's the that's the biggest problem they're put on a such a high pedestal that there's like they're meant to be better it's like, no. They're, they're meant to be perfect. They're meant to be perfect. Like, they're not meant yeah. to fall and all that sort of stuff. Um, which I think, like, you know, is that there's a famous saying, it's like, you know, don't ever meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. It's like, no, 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 no shit. They're human. <laughs> like, they're not perfect. Yeah. They're not amazing. Like, not, well, obviously they are amazing people, but you know what I mean? Like, they're not perfect. They're yeah. not always on all the time. You know, and yeah. I think it's... They're human beings. Yeah. And, like, I get what you're saying, like, you know, why, do, like, what's the reason you have to be sad for? And, like, that's the same thing that, you know, I used to get to. I used to get the whole, yeah. like, you know, I think, I think the reason why I haven't been so open about my mental health, especially, say, like, I love dad, but especially with dad, is because yes. I don't want him to think that it was something to do with him. Because yeah, in the definitely. past when... I've had a meltdown. He has turned around and gone, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, what have I done? Because a lot of his mental health issues stem from his dad. Yeah. So I think he takes it upon himself that he thinks it's him, but then other people as well. Like when I've spoken about my mental health, they're just like, you have loving parents and you have, they've never been divorced. They show love in front of you every day. And you know, you don't have a broken home. You've got like a roof over your head in a nice house. And you know, what the hell do you have to be sad for? And it's just like, I experienced a traumatic event that has yeah. pretty much screwed up my life yeah. <laughs> pretty much you know what I mean yeah definitely and I mean like look I, I'm not saying this to um dismiss our parents at yeah. all but I'm sorry this our parents are not our universe like no. I love them to death they are the center of my universe that's for damn sure yeah. but they are not the only people that we experience in our entire lives there are other factors there's the media there's school there's toxic friendships there's everything under the sun that's that could cause you to have a traumatic event having two parents that remain together that didn't actively go out of their way to hurt you or each other does not mean that you're not going to experience trauma in one way or or another it's like with schools like um you know our little cousin Leslie's beautiful beautiful heart has been bullied relentlessly Mm. and 
you know, as a family, we rally around him. We love him to death. I mean, honestly, that kid is the bee's knees to me. Mm-hmm. And he experiences trauma on a regular basis because, again, of stigma, not mental health stigma, but because he's got autism. And it's just that thing, that stigma thing coming back. And stigma is learned behavior. I'm sorry. Stigma Mm. is absolutely learned behavior. Um, And, you know, and it just goes back to that, that thing of shame, shame. You know, you learn to be ashamed of something. It doesn't happen naturally. Yeah. And and I think as well, like, you, so for Will Smith in general, like, that, that breakup of his relationship, the person who's the mother of his children, who he thought he was mm. going to be with forever, luckily they got back and together. And his friend, you know. Yeah, you know, was a traumatic event for him. And as mm. for, like, Kanye, bipolar is a chemical thing. He cannot control that. And there's going to yeah. be things that make him break. And let's face it, he hasn't been okay since his mother passed away, who was the closest yeah. person to him. That's another traumatic event that someone has experienced. And I think Absolutely. The, and I think the problem is, Yazzie, I think as well is that people, and I'm not like, I'm not a professional, but I think a lot of people, they, they project onto others. Oh, for sure. Like, like this, because, because, you know, they have their own trauma and because they don't deal with it, they Mm -hmm. judge other people who have trauma and who can't deal with it. And I'll I'll tell you right now, right. I have been guilty Mm. of that. I I think we all have, no one's perfect. You know, know, I have been guilty of that and I will put myself on blast and like go, you know, I have told people how to deal with things and, you know, give them advice and be frustrated with them when they didn't take it because those are things that I, because those were the things that I was dealing with myself and it wasn't so much I was frustrated with them. I was frustrated with myself not taking that stuff on. And I think that's the same thing with like society is just like, well, if these people can't do it, like how, how am I going to, yeah, stuff them. And how am I going to do it? Yeah. I think the thing is as well, because it's like, you know, like you said, there's people out there who will try and fix your problems for you. Mm. Um, I think, I think we've all been guilty of that. I've definitely seen people struggling in a way that I've struggled beforehand. I mean, like, have you tried, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? I've learned to ask now, Mm. um, you know, you know, what's something that you're doing to help? Is there anything I can help with? can I provide you with some advice that you don't have to take? Yeah. It's that's a, that's been a learned behavior for me. Um, but I definitely think, yes, you know, judgment comes from insecurity and it, it, it's, it's, there's this, there's this quote that I saw forever ago. I don't know who it was, but it's, you know, when you judge others, it doesn't define them as a person. It defines you, mm. you know, you see, you, you're experiencing the world with your own two eyes and your own heart, you don't know what's going on in the other person's head ever. And the thing is, unless everyone, they communicate with you very well. Yeah, yeah. And so you only know life through your own experience. But it's not only that, it's like there's no cookie cutter way to fix everyone's problem. It's like you have a relationship problem, do this. It's like, no, because every situation is different is different and every situation will need a different way in how to deal with it and i think absolutely and i think like yeah insecurity is 
a way that stigma becomes prevalent because I think it's also people get scared too with dealing with people with mental mental illness like you know I've had I've had boyfriends in the past who've told me to stop being emotional it's like I can't like I what do you mean stop being emotional because I think they just didn't know how to handle me having a massive meltdown (laughs) I think like in the past when it came to um romantic relationships particularly after my traumatic relationship I always thought like you know I was at fault for not communicating what was going on with me well enough Mm. um and I definitely was I definitely learned to communicate better but even in um you know relationships where I've improved my communication where I've been open about having anxiety, what it means to me, how I experience it and things that I use to cope in situations of high anxiety. Even then it was not enough. Like it Mm. turned around to, well, you're too emotional. So, you know, why can't you just do this? Why can't you just get over it? Why can't you just move on? Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's something that like, I think no matter what, that's not a, that's not a reflection on me in terms of how I'm dealing with my mental health or how I'm communicating. It goes to what's going on with people inside them. What is it about my experience of mental health, my openness with my mental health that is triggering you to the point that you don't want to talk about it at all, that you're going to dismiss the conversation and push me away. And I think that, and I think that, Sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, no, and I think that happens a lot in relationships. And to me, like, okay, yeah. I, as bad as it is, I obviously with all the stuff that I've experienced, I have very hard time trusting people. And yeah. one of the final tests, and it's fucked, like it's fucked that I do this, but the final test is if I speak to someone frankly mm-hmm. and honestly about my mental health and what I have dealt with. Yeah. I see their reaction. Yeah. And if they react negatively to it, I'm like, that's it. Cool. We know that that's someone that I can't have a close relationship with because if you can't, if you can't, as the cliche goes, if you can't (laughs) experience me, like if you can't handle me at my worst, you can't have me at my best. Yeah, definitely. I think if people are going to push you away the second that they find out, I mean, I'm really open about it more or less from the get go. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it took me a while to be comfortable and empowered by the fact that I was going to therapy because, you know, as much as it is a painful experience because you have to work through and re-experience all the trauma that's brought you Mm. to that point. It's also a very empowering experience because you know, that you deserve to be happy and you're putting in the work, right? Yeah. But when I first started going to therapy, I barely told anyone. I told my partner and my family, my partner at the time, I should say, and my family. And I experienced an amazing amount of support from you well, guys and from well, him. Uh, well, at that time, I was already seeing a psychologist anyway. So I was just yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I think definitely. that helped a little bit too. Yeah. And I think like it took me a year maybe of going to therapy before I was just like actively open about it. Like I'd be at work and I'd be talking to friends and I'd be like, okay, I got to leave early. I've got an appointment. They'd be like, oh, where are you going? I'm like, psych. And some people would just be like, oh, really? I'm like, yep. Or I think, uh, I think on one of my 
most recent um, experience into the dating world. I think I mentioned it on like the second night out. Mm. I was like, yeah, I go to therapy. And that was it. I was just like, I, for you, I think it, it, in your experience, because everyone's experience is different, Mm. you allow yourself the time to open up, to get comfortable with the person. Whereas myself personally I think I think it also goes to the fact that you're more introverted than I am I'm definitely oh yeah I do and I like I I'm the type of person where I'm just like I want the least amount of friends as possible (laughs) (laughs) I want want all the friends (laughs) I want the least amount of friends as possible because I I prefer quality over quantity and like, hey, 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 my friends are quality, all right? Hey, well, don't yeah, don't I you know, get confused. I, I, I know, but like to me, like I already struggle like just keeping in contact with you and mum and dad, let alone That's with very all, true. <laughs> let alone with all these other people as well. So I'm just like, you know, I'd rather just yeah. have a, yeah. a smaller group as possible because I can manage that. <laughs> this but, is why I have a lot of group chats. Or I just have Snapchat because I just start conversations by putting shit on my story. I'm like, come at me, friends. (laughs) But at the the same same time too, right, I, like, and and Tim, you know what as well? Like, that's kind of bad on my part too that I cut those people off because in the end, I'm not giving them a chance. Let me explain. It's because I'm not giving them a chance to change their thinking. That's, I mean, you know And educating them and stuff, you know? This is, this is the thing though, Soraya, this is actually a conversation that I had with someone recently, someone that I had Mm. to cut off, um, where, you know, you can talk to people about your experience. You can educate them about your experience. You can help them see life through your eyes, but unless they are willing and open to learn Mm. and you know what, it it shouldn't always be a hundred percent up to you to educate people. That's true. I think yeah, if people I if people want to become educated, they'll do mm. the work. Yeah. Um, this particular friendship that I ended up having to cut off was extremely toxic. It went on for too long. Um, and it we was a relationship. Hallelujah! When you ended it. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, dude. A little bit. Um, but you know, it was it was a friendship in which you know I would speak to my to my experience as someone who had come out of an abusive relationship. I would talk speak to my experience of being a woman. I would speak to my experience of being a non-white Australian. I mean, I know we're really pale, but I mean like a non-Anglo Australian. Yeah. And this was someone who would always say, you know, I love when you when you vibe check me. I like when you pull me up on my shit, but would never learn and would never open themselves to changing their mentality or their stance on those topics. And, and I still think, say super racist and sexist and sexualized things, even though you told them not to do that and not yes, to. Um, yes, many, many boundaries are crossed. And so many people yeah. who listen to this, who know him, are going to know exactly what I'm, who I'm talking about. So eh, um, I don't want to elaborate, but, you know, this is, a convers- this is, this is something that, shouldn't entirely be up to you. If you've Mm. opened up to someone and said, I've had mental health issues, I've experienced trauma, I'm seeing a psychologist and they make you feel like shit for doing the work to make, to better yourself and allow yourself, you know, the opportunity to be free from those traumatic events. Yeah. Then no, like I definitely think that, you know, that's, that's a friendship, that's a relationship that's going yeah. to harm you. And 
that's where the stigma plays on the day-to-day because it's not just people saying, oh, they put this on their Instagram, they're seeking for attention. Oh, they're doing this. It's even just like in your close-knit circles being like, you know what, if you're going to judge me for seeking help where I need it, Mm. that's fine. Well, like the thing that that shits me, right, is that when you – in some of those cases where you do tell, like, for example, like in workplaces, I have never, ever told my workplace that I suffer from mental illness or if oh, I really? needed, if I need no, God, no, because I've never worked in a, in a, in an environment that's supportive. If I turned yeah, around okay. and I said that I needed a day off because I'm having mental health issues, like mm-hmm. every, like the jobs that I've had, like, that's not, yes, my, my old job, I got told off because I was hospitalized during Christmas time. Oh, bro, I remember that. Could you imagine what it would have been like if I told them I am not emotionally stable to go to work today? Yeah. All right. I can't. And like, I work in retail. I have to deal with people. If I am, if I'm in not in emotional, how am I meant to serve people? (laughs) Like, you know. Also like mental health is health. You have sick days. If you are mentally, if you're emotionally sick, if you're mentally sick, on that particular day, it's a freaking sick day. You can take it. But I don't know what it is, but if you tell your, your bosses that it's just like, I don't know, like your work might be different, but my it's workplace, like looked down upon. I'm just going to talk about my particular department. Mm. Um, I'm very lucky. We have an amazing people culture. Um, my team leader in particular is an absolute gem of a man. I, yesterday, look, yesterday was a really bad day for me. Um, you know, just, I had, a, I had a bit of a COVID cry, you know, just like all the frustrations with the new lockdowns, um, you know, more cases turning up, you know, close to home at our grandmother's, you know, nursing home um, in our community. You know, I just, you know, I'd had enough and I just wanted to have a bit of a cry. And so I messaged him and I was like, look, I'm not super productive today. This is what's going on with me. And the first thing that always comes out of his mouth is what can I do to help? Is there something I can do to help? And I was like, bro, you can let me finish early and just give me like, you know, free time for the rest of the day. He's like, okay, what else can I do? (laughs) You know, like I think my department, my team, we are so open. I'm very lucky that, you know, we're working from home since March. Yeah. But I'm so lucky that I have that support system and it makes me really feel for people who don't have that because if you're not having that support system at home, if you're not having that support system with your friends, and your family, and you're not having that support system at a place that you spend most of your time, then where are you going to get it? Yeah. And I, I think uh, as well, like with the whole stigma side of things, is that when you do mm. talk to people about your mental health, and like for me, like I, like I said earlier, I'm pretty frank about my suicide attempts as well as you know being suicidal and that's something that I deal with like you know I I had about a suicidal you know thoughts about a month and a half ago like really bad like I was in a pretty pretty bad way um and I think that the thing that irks me is that you say that to someone and it's just like the stigma if you tell people that you have mental illness or you are suicidal it's kind of treated like you're attention seeking yeah definitely and like look I 
And it's like, I'm not attention seeking. This is a cry for help or me just being honest with you about where I'm at right now. Yeah. And look, this is a thing like the, the whole idea of, well, the whole action, I should say of framing, you know, openly talking about mental health as being attention seeking is so damaging Mm. for so many reasons to anyone struggling with mental health, because for one thing, right. You know, opening about up about your struggles, you know, if it is an attention seeking attempt, I mean, for one thing that, that you're framing it incorrectly. Like that is, if that's what the person is doing, that person's asking for help. Yeah. And, and don't, and get, you know, and don't we, get me wrong. There are people out there who do claim that they have mental illness for attention, but that's, that's not all of us. Yes. And I think that's yes. dangerous for those people to do that because they don't really oh, realize, they don't realize how much of a detriment that is to people who actually suffer from mental illness. Yeah. I mean, I think to compare one horrible event to another horrible event, it's like how, you know, there's a minuscule percentage of people in the world who will fake a claim of sexual assault. Yeah. For whatever reason. And that minuscule percentage of people casts an absolute shadow of a doubt over everyone else who is a true survivor. Yeah. And, you know, like, it, it, it just, it, it frames it as like, oh, they don't really know what they're talking about. Their experience isn't true. They don't know what's happened to them. They're just looking for attention. Like, no, I mean, for one thing, you know, if you're talking about your experience with mental health, your struggles, your whatever, you mm. could either A, be trying to normalize it. That's something that I do. I mean, like, I flog mental health stuff on my Instagram all the time because I'm sick and tired of seeing my friends and my family and myself having to keep silent over something that affects everyone. Number yeah. one. See, Number as, two, I, as, as I'm the opposite. <laughs> I think and it goes I, back to that introvert, extrovert kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like, yeah. I really only share like my art and stuff. I don't really go too much into like, and I, and I, I, I want to change that because I do, you know, I do want to change that because I want to, be more open a bit more honest and be more Mm. real about especially because I am a creative yeah you know I am an illustrator and yeah you know my mental health really plays heavily into my creative process it's it's stuffed up as that is like it does that's not stuffed up at all yeah but imitating life and life imitating art no is that not how it works yeah and I think it's because I'm trying to get past like my shame and my stigma of my own mental illness and wanting to connect people more about that because I think like my experience will hopefully help well not only process my my mental health but hopefully make other people who are creative as well not feel as bad that they suffer from mental health too because I know that in the creative world people suffer from mental there's a lot of people who suffer from mental health and like yeah, they definitely. always compare themselves that they have to be on all the time because they see other creatives are like that. It's like that's that's not that it's not all that's not yeah, no. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but like look, going back to attention seeking, because this is a point that I really, really want to make. Mm. Um, because I think it's super important. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, 
opening up about your experience, being honest to your, about yourself, your being vulnerable, being emotionally intelligent and brave and talking about your experience. That's not attention seeking. And I think the, the irony is, is that when someone is using, you know, it, when someone is being vocal about their experience of mental health, because they do need that support, they are looking for that, not attention, but that level of understanding for someone to reach out to them and say, it's okay. What you're going through is normal. Let me put you in, 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 in contact with the right people to help you. You know, the irony of all of that is, you know, should that person feel absolutely alone, feel like they have no support, have no other option and they do take their life. The thing that the first thing that said is, I wish we saw the signs. And they've been I wish giving the known. signs the entire time. But, you know, it could be that someone sees another person being, uh, you know, stigmatised for opening up about their own mental health experience, like we see in the media, like we saw with Will Smith. Again, going back to that, because that's a relevant topic for now. You know, seeing what's happening to Kanye West, seeing it happen in their community, and they think, I can't open up about this. I can't talk to anyone. And so they suffer in silence or they've opened up and people have completely dismissed them because it's a conversation that they don't want to have because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, and then it's the first thing that said, it's such a shame if only they had sought support. People don't always know to Google the number for lifeline, but people the- don't always know that, you know, with a GP, you could go to a GP and get put on a mental health plan. But what people know is that I'm struggling and I need to talk about it. And sometimes I'll, burst open and talk to the first person they see and it's like what is wrong with you and then that person feels like they have no one absolutely no one I mean when I looked at the statistics for lifeline they said that one in four Australians that call them feel like they have no one to talk to absolutely no one and there is not one single person in this country in this world that knows absolutely no one it's that they have no one that they can rely upon no one that's going to accept them that they can talk to and open up to which to me like is 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 super sad because that as as someone who has been suicidal like I have been lucky that I knew the one like I knew that I had a support a support network if I didn't I I honestly believe I probably would have taken my life if I felt yeah. like there was no one there and no one loved me. And a lot of the yeah. times, the reason why I stopped was because, you know, for example, I didn't want mum or dad or you finding me. Yeah. You know, yes. because I cared more about, about staying alive for you guys than staying alive for me. Like as screwed yeah. up as, as that is. Um, and I think that that's that's true is because you know it is uncomfortable. Like that's you know, the whole like Me Too movement, that's a conversation that was uncomfortable. And because oh, so many definitely. people were being so loud about it, people were then forced to be like, sit your ass down and listen to these stories. And learn. and this and learn. And this is why problematic people who were the cause of these issues like Wein- mm-hmm. Weinstein, like Epstein, like uh, Bill Cosby, 
Oh, yeah, you know, uh, Ghislaine. And Sorry, wait, her name is Ghislaine. I Ghislaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Bill Cosby. Yeah. Those people are now in jail. Well, Epstein's dead, but, you know, they're now in jail because, you know, people were forced to be like, no, this is, a, this is an issue that we need to deal with. There's one more this other person okay that needs to be in jail, but, you know, currently he's a leader Too of a running certain a country. country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> into you the know, ground. Into the ground. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. like, I'm just hoping that there's sort of a similar movement to that with the mental well, I mean, health like, world. I think it's already sort of starting because, mm. you know, something that I've heard a lot in the recent years, it's like, oh, people are so sensitive. You can't say anything about the, around the PC people. And it's like, no, sorry. Um, we are not a sensitive society. We're not living in an era of sensibility. We're living currently, I mean, we are at a time in history, we have the most amount of information accessible right at the tip of our fingers, particularly now during COVID where we have a, a lot more time on our hands than we normally would have, you know? Yeah. And so people are informing themselves more and, and getting sick and tired of the injustices that they see. And, you know, we're, we're not living in an era of sensibility. We're, we're, we're living in an era of accountability. We're living in an era of action. We're, we're living in a time where people are finding their power and they're using that power to dismantle structures that have been harmful to our society for the longest period of time. And that's not being sensitive. That's not being a snowflake. That's powerful. That's brave. And, to and put let, everything on the line hmm. to rebuild society in a hopeful image in a just image, that takes a lot. That's a huge undertaking. And, and, and I'm just going to put this out there. I'm sorry, but we weren't living in a perfect world beforehand. We were living in a, we were living in a blind and ignorant world because the way Definitely. that people used to deal with and treat people with mental illness, if I grew up in the 60s, oh my God, I'd be in an asylum right now. I never would have known you. <laughs> exactly. There's, there, but there's some yeah. families like where their siblings don't know who their other, like anything about their other siblings because their parents put yeah. them in an asylum when they were a kid. Yeah. Like, or even like, I don't know if, I'm sure other countries had this, but I know for sure that Australia had those homes where, you know, parents would have a troubled child and they could just make them a ward of the state and they'd go to a home for troubled children. Yeah. Like, you could and have they were ADHD, abused, there, like, and they were abused, exactly. which made their which made their mental illness even worse. Like, yeah, that's the and thing they that's... could have had, like, you know, uh, I actually am not sure of the correct term. You know, things like ADD, ADHD. Mm. I'm not sure. I forget the term for the disorder group, but you know, they could have had that, or they honestly just could have been a freaking child who wanted to run amok didn't want to sit down and sit still and be part of the nuclear family because they were a child. But th th that's not the only thing either, Yazzie. It's like, you know, one thing, the reason why I have never, like I even, I'll admit, even to my psychologist, I'm not 100%, you know, honest with my feelings majority of the time because I have that fear in the back of my mind that mm -hmm. if I told anyone how I really thought or how I felt, 
or the constant thoughts that I have that I would be institutionalized. That's the thing that scares me the most. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I definitely think in terms of how we, we talk about mental health in society and the information that we're exposed to, I definitely feel like that's a rash. Not that I'm saying that you're going to be put away. I'm mm. saying that I've, your feelings are valid. Yeah. I think in terms of opening yourself up entirely to someone who ever that may be in terms of what goes on in your head, how you feel about things, it's entirely plausible that you would be fearful that Mm. that person's going to turn around and make you feel like there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Because we treat the other, you know, there's this, there's this great fear of the unknown when it comes to the the human experience, you know, That's why xenophobia exists. That's why, you know, racism, racism, transphobia, all that stuff exists because people are too scared of like the unknown. They don't take the, but you know what, Yasmin, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a fucking excuse because in the end they have refused to educate themselves. Exactly. Which is going back to what I said to you beforehand. Yeah. Um, you know, it's up to it's it's not up to us to educate people. It's not up to us to fix their trauma that's stopping them from being open to different experiences or to be supportive to those that they love. I mean, that's on them. Yeah, and, and it, I think that fear of the unknown and that absolute, absolute deliberate ignorance. Mm. It is deliberate ignorance. Yeah, that just keeps fueling the stigma because you know what. And I say this with all the love in my heart Mm. and I love that we're doing this. I absolutely do. But I think at the end of the day, we're only educating people who want to learn. And that, and And there are plenty of people. Yeah. And there are plenty of people out there. There are plenty of people that we're going to know quite well that that won't listen to us. Yeah. Because Because they don't want to know. Yeah. 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 And, and and like I hope the more that we have these discussions and the more people become open about their mental illness, hopefully mm. we can start creating these conversations so then we can stop stigma. We're already yeah. seeing it in communities like the Me Too movement, like yeah. Black Lives Matter, where people yeah. are talking about their experiences and like things are going to change. That's going to yeah. happen. There's only so change is inevitable. Yeah, there's only so much that people can change, like like can take before change happens, and change is going to be for the better. And yes, exactly. there might be cataclysm things that happen between now and then, but these are things that need to change. And people, I'm sorry, like people can say, you know, we're being PC and all this sort of stuff. It's like no, you just choose to be ignorant. And you just choose to stay in this lane where you pretend that everyone's perfect. Everyone's cookie cutter. No one has issues. No one has problems. It's like, I'm sorry, that is not human. That's not the human experience. Yeah, it isn't the human experience. And you know what? I think as a society, you know, we deserve better. Yeah. We deserve so much better than to, you know, hide from the full human experience. Yeah. I mean, like we were just saying beforehand, we're not perfect. We've definitely done things that we've learnt were incorrect later Mm. on, that we've worked hard 
to make sure that we don't do again. And you know, that's, that's, that's part of the human experience. You're here to fuck up. You're here to learn. You're here to better yourself every single day. But we're never going to do that unless we face the real facts. And those are the uncomfortable ones. But I think as well, the one way that we're going to, going to stop stigma and the Mm -hmm. way that we're going to make people, you know, accept that mental illness is a thing in us, in our society. And it's always Mm going to be there Mm -hmm. is if we approach things with empathy Oh, for sure. You know, instead of laughing at memes of Kanye or like, you know, engaging in that sort of stuff, as well as Will Smith, like Mm -hmm. empathize with these people. Like if that was your wife who you had a breakup with and she started a whole new relationship and you lost hope that you were ever going to get back together, that that, that would destroy you. If you were someone who was in the public eye being torn down, even though you had a severe mental illness, how would you Mm. feel? Yeah. So, And like, that's the thing, like we really do, you're right. We need to approach these situations with empathy because not only putting yourself in those people's shoes, but you know, as Australians going back to statistics, because I'm a statistic queen, you know, like 45% of Australians will experience mental illness at some point in their life and only 54% of that portion will seek help and it's because there's not that empathy in society that's like you know what you're having a rough time it that's okay you're human you've experienced a lot you've experienced a trauma there are these things that are available to you and that's why people don't seek help because you're right that empathy just isn't really there not not as much as it should be and look i hope i know this is like a really really screwed up time at the moment but mm-hmm. there's a Absolutely. lot more people dealing with mental illness because they are isolated and all that yeah. sort of stuff so i hope yeah. this does open the conversation of you know it is okay to not be okay and to reach out and to seek help and there's nothing wrong with you is that just sometimes the world throws us a curveball and it's hard for us to navigate it or to hit that ball you know to hit that curveball and it's going to take practice and it's going to take you know working on it for us to be able to hit it out of the park home run (laughs) that's it and I think that's why our whole um, idea behind this podcast is to empower people because mental health, dealing with mental health issues, dealing with your emotions is not in any way a weakness. It is a powerful, brave thing to turn to someone else and, you know, open up your life to them and say, I need support. It's powerful, it is brave, and there is not a single thing about struggling with mental health that makes you weak. It makes you human. Yeah. And, you know, we're here. We are here. We're here. We deal with it. We understand. 
And you know, there are so many avenues and people that you can reach out to and services yep. that you can reach out to like Lifeline, Definitely. like Beyond Blue, if you're in Australia. Headspace. Headspace as well. And you can also talk to your GP about getting onto a mental health plan. At the moment, they've got um, telehealth. So you just call up, you speak to a GP over the phone. Um, and, you know, the Victorian government has also offered 10 extra sessions. So normally you'd only get 10 as part of your mental health plan. And they've now upped up to 20, given that everything that is happening at the moment. So, you know, there's us. We um, actually are going to do a thing um, at the start of, uh, well, before we record any episode, what we would love to do to keep this conversation going and this conversation open is we're going to invite you all to share your experiences with us should you feel so inclined. Or um, feel we, comfortable to. Exactly. And you know what? This is an open space. This is always going to be an open space. This is always going to be a judgment-free space. Um, we are going to... We've got an Instagram page and we have an email. So our Instagram page, what we're going to do is we're going to announce our topic before we record because we want to hear from you about any questions you might have regarding that topic. But we also would love to open up to you guys to share your experiences, which would be anonymous. Now, we've also got an email address, which is soznotsozpod at gmail.com where you can send us any information that you have regarding, um, you know, regarding your experiences with mental health, any questions you might have. And also if you feel that we haven't represented a certain topic in a way that you're happy or comfortable with, comfortable with, please let us know. Mm. And our Instagram handle is soznotsozpod. That's all one word. Um, so it's S-O-Z. N-O-T-S-O-Z-P-O-D. So you can pretty much message us there, message, email us as well. Um, mm -hmm. We'll be putting up information too. Yasmin's going to be on the stories. I'm terrible at that sort of stuff. <laughs> I make things look pretty. I don't. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. She's the artiste uh, yeah. behind our super cool logo as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, guys, look, at the end of the day, this is a conversation. Um, we've got our email address there for you to get in contact. We've got our Instagram, which I know is going to be more accessible for most people. Um, and, you know, talk to us, correct us, help us out. If you have any information for us that you feel like we could really benefit from, if you feel as though we've framed something incorrectly, let us know because at the end of the day, this is not two experts educating the world. This is two girls who know a bit um, and have done some research and want to have a chat. Yeah. And also it's just this whole podcast is like is meant to be a conversation. So it's a conversation yeah. with, with each other, like the two of us, but also with you guys as well. So, yeah. Um, so we yeah. thought it'd be a good way to like end the podcast by pretty much telling, you know, us, you know, Yasmin, what are you going to do as a self care thing for yourself this week? Okay, so I had said that I was going to bake lemon curd cake, but 
Today I was in the car and I was listening to, I don't know if you use Spotify, but they've got like a Spotify radio kind of thing where Mm. it comes up with like news podcasts and stuff. I was listening to the squiz and they were talking about um, uh, Jane Fonda. Oh yeah. It was like aerobics workouts. Yes. And all I thought of was, you know, that film, I don't know which one it is, but with Jamie Lee Curtis and John Travolta and they're in the aerobics class and they're getting mad hot for each other because like, Oh no, that, that's, that's staying alive. That's a terrible movie. Yes. We never watch that. It's horrible. Shut up, Soraya. Shut up. Okay. Mum loves staying alive. So I'm going to go with her for this. Anyway. Oh my God. Because John Travolta is an absolute, because John Travolta is an absolute hottie, I am going to embrace my inner Jamie Lee Curtis over the week and get some Jane Fonda workouts in, you know, I feel like it'd be, you know, not only will it be help me move my body, but it'd be hilarious. I know I I said this a judgment free zone, but I cannot stop thinking about the intense and weird eye contact they have with each other in that scene. It's a vibe, man. It's not a vibe. It It is very uncomfortable. (laughs) I would look at John Travolta like that every single day of my life if I had an option. I don't know. He's a Scientologist. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) They don't like people with mental illness. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) John. (laughs) What are you going to do? Although I feel sorry for him. His wife just passed away. So that's really sad. Yeah, no, yeah. Sending all our love to John Travolta. Oh my God, this whole segment wasn't meant to be a bummer. Anyway, yes. Sorry, what are you going to do? But that's good, you know, aerobics, you know, getting active is a good way of self-care. Just going to buy some leg warmers and then we're good. Well, originally, (laughs) look, originally I was going to do like a face mask tomorrow, but then I did Yeah, but then I did it the other day when I sent you that photo of me in it. (laughs) I just can say it was hot. (laughs) um so like I you know I had done my eyebrows and I gave myself you know a mask so now I don't know like I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do but I think pretty much like what I do daily anyway as a form of self-care is journaling and that's something that has helped me like process uh my thoughts and stuff because sometimes even just getting like even if you another suggestion if you're someone who does suffer from mental illness even just writing it down really helps you process it uh so that's probably my self-care thing but that's a general self-care thing that I do I make sure I do daily well sorry I mean you know if you've done your face mask and you're going to be journaling anyway I guess we can do a zoom Jane Fonda aerobics session I mean it's not like you've got anything else to do apparently with intense eye contact. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm John. I'm John. You can be Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> well, all right. I think that's us for today. For our first podcast episode. Woo! Woo. So to rehash, we are the Soz Not Soz pod. I'm Yasmin. And I'm Sorrel. And we have an Instagram. You can catch us at SozNotSozPod. It is S-O-Z-N-O-T-S-O-Z-P-O-D on Instagram. Honestly, we could turn that into a rap. (laughs) Soraya, I do not have rapping skills. (laughs) We also have a Gmail, which is that exact spelling plus at gmail.com. Email us. Instagram us, follow us, like our shit. We love it. 
And yeah. I think that's that. Yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. We love you. We appreciate you. You're special. You're everything. And make you are amazing. Yeah, and don't let anyone make you feel less. Don't let anyone kill your vibe, okay? Just don't. Oh, God, yes. We're doing a wog goodbye. Let's end this now. <laughs> Bro, wogs who, like, say they're going to leave the house and then, like, they take two hours to say goodbye. That's us. That's us. We've become our parents. All right. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.